Marini's Media. Hello and welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. To quote the Claxons, it's not over yet, but the season will probably be over. But who knows though, it's still a mystery. In the worst bingo game ever, 14-14, and lucky number 14 turns out to be the only winning combination. And while the big boys carry on worrying about relegation, Elgin just want to make it through to the other side. I'm Andrew Slavin, and by my side on the show, he's the Robin to my Batman, the Proclaimer to the other Proclaimer, and the Dettel in my veins. From the Telegraph, it's JJ Bull. Hello, Andrew. I heard someone might have some news this week that people might be interested in hearing. No, they definitely won't be interested in it, but I'm going to tell them anyway. My baby is... I gave birth. I gave birth to a wonderful baby girl called Molly. To be clear, Emily gave birth. Yes, my girlfriend gave birth, (laughs) but I was there. I was part of it all. Congratulations, It was was fantastic. What's her name, Molly, is is it? Molly. Molly Isabella Slavin. So there we go. My child that I told you about at the start of the season... Has arrived. Are you a different so man? Give, now? Do, you, do you feel differently? It's a it's it's a journey that I cannot explain properly until you do it. Anyone who's done it will have their own different feelings towards it, but it's genuinely amazing. But I really, after one day, I really miss sleep. <laughs> <laughs> sleep is my drug, well, not dead all. Here comes the next twenty years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway. Do you know who we've got on the show this week, JJ? It's a special one. I do. I know who it is. It's Gordon Strachan. Yes, he's back. Well, he's arrived. He's here. Um, he is here. We'll also review the best bits of the season two, should you need that little teaser. But first up, after this, it's the latest news and views. You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. So there's been some developments since we last spoke which basically saw Dundee's vote declared clear of improper behaviour. Rangers are still making noise about the need for an independent inquiry and a general meeting, but not saying that much about their dossier of evidence. Dossier? Um, Dossier. It's not dossier? Ah, yeah, Mm. it probably is dossier. Yes, it is. Um, (laughs) Anyway, it's all getting a bit toxic with, uh, with Rangers and their evidence. Um, They've got a secret book full of evidence they're not giving to anyone yet until the investigation is launched, which is sure. Good. But you wouldn't, yeah, you would, you would. To be fair, to defend Rangers, you wouldn't tell everyone your secret until you were get the maximum impact. Exactly, uh, but the yeah. big news today, JJ, was that League Two clubs have voted unanimously for a three-tier system with fourteen teams in each. So currently, we've got four tiers. Starting with, you know, at the top level, 12 teams, then it goes into three tiers of 10. So the proposal is that we go to three tiers of 14. Which sounds okay, except, I mean, it's still, well, co-rangers don't get promoted, do they? So they stay in a... Oh, it would affect that, division. yeah. Was there anything clear? Does this go back to the normal 12, 10, 10, 10 afterwards? Or is that, it's just for one that- season, right? That I don't think anyone's figured that out yet. I think the 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 message really is that the League Two teams want this and only this, and they're trying to, you know, strengthen numbers kind of aspect where they just need to say they're they're trying to say this is what we want, 
And if we don't get this, we'll vote down any other option, which would effectively veto any other option. So a bit of noise that the clubs that's mainly helping out all of this is Hearts. But uh, the other thing we've got is that uh, Elgin chairman, Graham Tatters, has said that uh, in eight weeks there might not be enough clubs to do this so they could run out of... Um, they're going to run out of money. However, UEFA has just announced they've advanced 3.6 million to each association in uh, yeah. all their bodies they've got under it. It's part of a big plan. So there's a chance that some money will come out of that that they can use to help the clubs that are struggling. Big question with that, though, is how do the, how do the SPFL manage that money? Where do they decide X amount goes here or there? Or- all the managers have to fight in a Royal Rumble. <laughs> bare fist. And, uh, Who would win out of all the forty-two? This is like the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a whole other podcast. Who'd win that battle? <laughs> but I'm right into it. Yeah, so am I. Well, that's the latest news, really. You're not going to um, give me a name, okay? Oh, go on then. Sorry. No, no. I just wanted to know you thought it might it might do well. It doesn't matter. We'll move on. And uh, Jim Goodwin, <laughs> because not only. Does he look menacing? It's a I fight, not most handsome competition. <laughs> Silver Fox, Jim Goodwin. No, I think he'd do well. Who and McInnes going at it together? McInnes? Nah, not anyway. seeing that. Anyway, that's the latest news, but you're all here, not for us, but for the thoughts and voice from former Scotland manager and current technical director of Dundee, Gordon Strachan, who's after this stink. Gordon, how are you? How is everything um, in this kind of uncertain time? I'm very good, actually. I'm recovering from a hip operation, so it's handy for me not to go too far. And I've got enough room around about here to recover from the hip injury, well, the new hip. And uh, so we're quite lucky where we are. There's a, there's a bit of freedom. Um, we're, 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 we know fine well we're luckier than, than most, that's for sure. Good. Um, so I'll just ask you straight off the bat about how the SPFL have, have dealt with trying to end this season in these difficult times. It's obviously a situation that where football was so secondary in all of this, but mm-hmm. decisions have to be made. And what are your thoughts on how the whole process is, has been, has been got, got to us in this point? <laughs> There's a couple of things. One, that I've got to say that I've took a lot of hard jobs on my life, pressure jobs, pressure places, I don't think I'd want to be in the SFA or the SPL just now or the, the championship. I think it's it really is a horrendous job. But I know most of the people there at the, the top level, uh, especially Neil Doncaster, and I don't think their integrity integrity can be questioned. Not at all. And I think it's unfair to do that. So uh, I, I think it's a horrendous job. I did say when I, I did something with Paddy Power about 10 days ago, that, or maybe two weeks ago, that I, I thought it would get nasty after a wee while. But I thought it would get nasty with lawyers and things like that. Who's relegated? Who didn't they get into Europe? Who didn't they get into that? They actually got a wee bit nasty too, quite quickly, which you can in Scotland, as we all know, because uh, it, there might be a wee bit of friction, but media-wise, we can make it up into a, a, a real fight and a real stromash, as you used to say in Scotland. And uh, But I do feel sorry for everybody who's trying to make a decision at the moment. But uh, there's things we can do later in the years coming up because you get an opportunity to maybe miss out on this kind of nonsense that we're, we're having just now. But I do feel sorry for, 
for the parties. I also do feel sorry for teams that are getting relegated. We've got still got a chance. So you know, it's 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 it's, it's a situation that I, no, I wouldn't let it be in. Obviously, it's very difficult for them to for what they've had to deal with. Do you think they've handled it as well as you'd expect from the leaders of an organisation like that? Uh, I think looking at um, a point of view from Dundee's point of view, which I'm not involved in the the the, uh, the day on in my job there is to look after kids and coach and develop them all the rest. Of it. And my opinions are sometimes by uh, James. I sit with James McPake and things like that. that's my job. Uh, but whatever um, John Nelms wanted to do, I was behind him fully. But what I think John wanted to do was just relax. We've only had 36 hours to make this decision. Just relax. And John was convinced that he could get a loan from the SPL um, to, to, to quell everything, take a look at it, have another seven days, 10 days to think, look about it, and have a look at all the options. I think that's what John was trying to say to everybody. And also he's trying to protect the people who are getting relegated that probably a wee bit unfairly get looked after properly. John just wanted to, as you say, just take a breather, stand on the ball, as they say in the game, just stand on it for a minute and let's have a wee think here. And uh, at that time we were told that you couldn't get a loan. Then suddenly after this, this vote's passed, yeah, we could have got a loan. You know, we could have got a loan for the SPL. Uh, and John was right about that. But I've got to say that just to remind people that John Dundee's vote makes no difference to what range of the, 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 how the league's got to finish. People think it was it was one way or another. It doesn't. That, that the vote was only for when does they get money paid and does a championship and the leagues below do they finish now? That was the only vote. The, the vote now to see how the league goes, the Premier League goes, is left with the SPL board, who there's seven of them, and one of them as a Rangers director. So, as I said, so when people jumped on it, it was a Celtic Rangers. It wasn't. There was only a vote for two things. And what do you make of the uh, uh, the idea of reconstructing, whether it be temporary or permanent? Well, it's, what you've got to do, and if uh, we've met once, JJ, but yeah. anybody that meets me in the last 15 years know what I do, what I do with Scottish football. And, and I, I spoke to a lot of directors and went, that's a good idea, but it needs radical change to do that. Everybody thinks it's a good idea. But what you, have, the, 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 what you have to do is, when you say it with us, when are we concerned, what, are we going to make more money? One, that's the first thing you want to do, is make more money. The reason being that with more money, and I'll say the second bit, as a product, um, and there's a third bit to it, will come to later on. If you make more money, the game will be better. And I'll tell you what will be better, because I, I believe that over the years, people say there's not a lot of t- players going down to it, England now, there is. They go to the Championship, they go to Northampton, they go to Salford. Why do they go to these places? To get more money. If we could get near the money that Salford and Northampton are paying, we could stop losing a lot of top, top players going down there, which is quite right to look after your family. They can stay here, make the league stronger, make the product better, because you get closer games with everybody. And then going on to that, the product itself must look good. Uh, the, the thing about English football and sales in the world, the product looks good. We actually shoot or sell on the foot with the product. Yeah? Because if the product's good, you'll get more sponsors, you get more money. And there's another way of doing it, which that's for another day. Do you know the one people that are missing out? Who's the most important people in this whole thing? It's Sky. Why don't you get Sky into reconstruction and say, what do you want? for the best product we can get. You've got to be with us for five years. We want to build up something. 
you'd better than us, guys from first and second division clubs and championship maybe, who really do not know what the public want to see on their TV, what the kids want these days. Sky can do that. Sky have shown you over the last 25 years, they can put a product. Why don't you invite Sky in and say, right lads, what do you think about this? What, how can you help us in this reconstruction? You throw us some ideas, see if we can do it, and we will help you to get the best product we can get. Then you get more money, then you get more, then you have to produce kids that will be better players as well. You know, to get back to where we were. We won't get back to where we were 30 odd years ago. Because just Matt McGee just sent me something just now. In 1984, there were three Scottish teams in the top team rated teams in Europe. Three, Aberdeen, Dundee United. Dundee United were in between so sorry, Celtic and Dundee United, in between them were Real Madrid. Think about that. You know, so we have no, no money now. And even things like Aberdeen's highest transfer and Dundee United's transfer had were 25 years ago. Because the only league in the world were the, the, the transfer record transfers 30 years ago. So we must be doing something wrong. So we can we can sort it out just for the second here. How do we get past this unusual time, a horrendous time in the world? Apply it to football. How do we get through it? Then we have to take a breath and go, right, what do we really want to do with our product? And that's why we have to get Sky in here uh, and ask them what they want to do. Fair enough, I don't think they'll be asking me in Sky right enough, but I think that's what, you know, we really should do because they really know how to sell a product. And Gordon, sense? what about what about Dundee's situation right now? How, how are you assisting James McPake and even the other guys involved at Dundee to help the club help the players and what are their um, schedules right now? Well, I don't know so much. I spoke to James this morning about a player or two players that he, he, he wanted my advice on or how to deal with that. And that's what I kind of do with, with James. I think I've been to see James in four training sessions. I spend most of my time developing the... I've got a development squad, the younger ones. I work with Stephen and things like that at the time. So I don't... They've got their own kind of training schedule. But I've been helping what I can do um, because it's a strange thing, you know, because if you're on follow at a football club, that the coaches cannot speak to the kids at this moment in time or do anything. So it's left to me because I, I have a, a, a contract, I'm, I'm no con- I'm a monthly contract, so I'm not getting paid just now. So what happens is I can speak to the kids. Friday night, we had the under-11s asking me questions, their mums and dads. Tomorrow, we've got the under-13s. We keep talking over things and football and what they should be doing. They asked me what I was doing when I was a kid. So I can do it that way. I can keep in touch with the kids and mums and dads that way. But day to day, it's nearly impossible for James because when at first we thought we'd shut down, we could still train. I thought that's a great idea because we can still train and work at things. Five days later, you can't train. So it's, been, it's, it, it's a problem for everybody. It's unusual circumstances. For everybody, nobody knows the real answers to most things that are going on just now. It sounds really good, like with the kids. The way you, with the kids, it sounds Honestly, like having, having the opportunity. Yeah, to, one to, kid to, asked me something brilliant the other day, and um, I just realised what he said. I thought, and they were, they were good. They really thought about the the questions, and we had a laugh and a giggle, and it was good. So the well-being of the kids just keep them ticking over, which is find is very strange that. that our coaches cannot speak to them at this moment in time because they're on furlough. A normal job, yeah, you can't do any work. But this is different. You're talking about the kids' well-being. 
here. We're not allowed to help them. So I kind of circumnavigate that by <laughs> I do these kind of things with the kids, yeah. But it's good. It's good fun. Can I ask you about your, your own current career as well? That's all right. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, are you are you enjoying doing the technical directing stuff just now? Do you think you'd go back into management? Because so, I remember when you were at Scotland as well, because I've seen a lot of stuff you've talked about how to develop the youth in Scotland particularly. I am, um, over the last 20 years, uh, last 20 years, I've been interested in, in youth football, how to develop kids, but become, over the last 10 years, really involved in it and thinking, how do you make kids better? And over the last three years since I left Scotland, I've got really um, analysing it all and stripping it back and what makes us because we can't copy Ajax, this one, that one. We have to you have to develop your academy and your and your country's academies um to suit your culture, to suit what what you've got, what wealth you've got, culture you've got. So I've been doing that and I love it. I, I honestly love it. I, I think it's um uh, it, it really it's given me something back. And but what I do is I coach the coaches as well. So I get there with younger coaches, guys, about years, and think about that, try that, think about that. And um, I've learned a lot of things in the last year, being on the ground with Academy. Um, there is a lot of hard work going in. Uh, it could be channeled in different directions. So it's, 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 it's been great. I've had to move back. I thought the, the deal that I was having with, with, with Dundee was come up for about eight or nine days. And then go, that, that sounds great. But I've ended up being 20-odd <laughs> days and, and only getting back home for five days. But I do it because I, I think it, it, it's great. I really, I'm really, and, and things we've got to do are a wee bit, you might think radical, but you think it's a bit old-fashioned as well. But I'm doing Do an example of something like that? Sorry? Do you an example of something like that? It's really interesting, like coaching coaches and things that might be radical that to you seem normal, but to people who set in their ways. Oh, is... with, the, with, the, with, the, with the coaches? Uh, I'm not telling how to play the game of football because you've got to develop players that you never know what the system's got to be in five, six, seven, eight years because it keeps developing a wee bit. And funny, it seems to go in a circle again. So a lot of teams are want to play 4-4-2 again. So you have to p- try and prepare players to deal with any system that comes up. I've asked them one or two things to do within the system. Uh, but it's talking about being, seeing things with players. Are they brave enough in the ball? the technique good enough so that's the kind of thing we think can the players play in different positions and we want to exhaust everything with a kid before we say maybe no for you this game of football we'll have to exhaust, exhaust that things like playing on a beach on a sand pitch for core strength and all the rest of it um, because that's where the top players the top players just now are from First or second generation Africans, South Americans with that core strength, size, okay. They do not have lost pitches that we have got. They do not hear a referee's whistle until they're 15. So they have to fight for the ball, core strength. So I'll try to bring all that stuff back in here again, but educate them at the same time. Um, so that's my job to do with it, the coaches, um, and, and, it, and it's, it's been great. And we've actually got a setup now in Dundee. We invite all the coaches in part time once as an officer come in. Let's talk about things. I put things together, analysis, and show them things from games. So it's, it's been it's been good fun, great fun. Do you miss you know like big games, be, being a manager at the likes of? You know, Celtic, and then being a, being a Scotland manager, the big games, being a part of those those yeah. special nights. 
There's also big games like you've got to Coventry, Man United playing gigs, Beckham, Rooney, Berbatov. They're big as well. They're, they're harder to handle, trust me. When you're at Celtic in Scotland, you've always got a chance. <laughs> so, um, every game's difficult for a manager. Um, do I miss it? No. Because I, I, um, uh, I, I gave it the whole lot. I had nothing left in the tank. It's unfair to go back. You've got nothing left in the tank if you're just going up there to make the numbers or pick up a wage check or something like that. Uh, I think that's unfair on everybody and it wouldn't be right. Uh, you have to have an anger, funny enough. Um, people think there's something wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's Alec Ferguson worked on anger for 40 odd years. Um, and you need to be stubborn. And people say that's, that's not a great trait. It's a fantastic trait for a manager. You need that to be stubborn. You might be wrong 10%, 50% of the times, but if you're right the rest, you can't be chopping and changing. You have to be stubborn. And that's why Sir Alec Ferguson was the best, because he was very stubborn. Gordon Strachan, Dundee Technical Director and all-round big name in football. He's a big name. There's a few things I thought were interesting he was saying. How, like, so I, in my head, it's the, the part that's letting down Scottish football is the technical development of players. And uh, what he's talking about there is like, learning different systems and making sure players are, it's like tactical intelligence. So they know where to be and be able to play in different kinds of systems. It's not just the four or five one you get in Scotland all the time. Uh, it's relevant, but also talking about the physical aspect of it and particularly the mental side. So that how do you cultivate that kind of player? So he said it was anger in certain players and what Alex Ferguson wrote on was anger and getting you revved up because if you have that determination well. yeah stubbornness let's uh, say it's a drive it's a drive that you need to get to places and a lot of managers will look for in a young player um, once you come from a good family are good because you know they're not going to go off the rails but what you want is someone who's overcome adversity and it often means that they've got this desire that you don't get in people who've had an easier life I mean, mm. it doesn't say that some footballers aren't you know driven and determined but if you come from this place where you've had to fight for everything and sometimes literally fighting to get out of it, there's more to you. Well, yeah, like Gordon was saying about how, you know, some kids from, you know, South America don't have the lovely leafy pitches that we would have at certain academies and whatnot. So they're, and they don't, they don't have a, a referee's whistle to keep them in check. So they're constantly fighting for the, for the ball, that that sort, that type of adversity, just less opportunity. Well, you've been talking about like, the thing is now that coaches have got such, everyone's got such great facilities to use, and you've got yeah. well, we, we don't have enough four G pitches. The, one of the problems is there's not enough pitches people, for kids to play on, just to practice and whatever. And I'm moaning about playing surfaces and that. But then he's talking about playing like on the beach, playing football on the beach. Like Aberdeen used to train on the beach mm. back in the Ferguson days, but I don't know if that's because for core strength. Or if it was because there was nowhere else to train, or because it's nice being on the beach. But he's talking about you, you, maybe with the current circumstances, when we're all out of the woods and we can get back to some sort of normality, it, you know, people will take it maybe a bit more seriously than they did before. I don't know. Take what seriously? Your like a career in football, where some careers might not have ended as well as they could have done. You know, players that have not reached that level of potential that they seem to show at an earlier age. I don't know. Oh, yeah, the best players, the actual most talented best players, uh, I don't think are the ones that make it. It's the ones that have the drive. You'll you'll hear stories of people like Danny Alves. He used to run 12 miles and back from his school, which is why he's then able to run up and down wing all day. Closer to home, though, I think of the likes of Derek Riordan, who was just unbelievable at Hibs and scoring goals that you could never imagine scoring went to Celtic and it never really never really worked out funnily enough played under Gordon Strachan they never really could 
battle his way back into the the Celtic That's the one. Team. It's all in the he head. Just, yeah, all in the head. exactly. I don't know. But anyway, also the legs. <laughs> well, that's all the details. We're up to date with that. Let's head to the week that could have been, but never was. And frankly, we're all very sad that it wasn't. That's next. I'm Jose Mourinho. I know a thing or two about being special. Tall Swedish strikers with little ponytails, special. Winning the little jackpot on Paddy Power Games, not special. Understood, Jose. Yes, someone wins an average £40,000 jackpot every single day. So if you win, don't think you're special. Daily Jackpots by Paddy Power Games. Jackpots must be awarded by 11pm and vary from day to day. Jackpot is shared with other operators available on selected games. T's and C's at paddypower.com, 18plusbegumbleware.org. On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Scottish Football Show from Muddy Knees Media. We're going to play football. Obviously, a lot has happened since the last we spoke, Mr. Slavin. Daddy old. L. L. Dad. I liked Mr. Um, Dad. <laughs> Mr. Dad, that's what you're called yeah. now. Um, <laughs> we've been going through all the scores, which obviously happened in this uh, parallel universe, this um, dimension running on parallels with ours, uh, which isn't actually real. And, uh, but in this real reality on the SPFL website, did you know that Craig Halkett has now scored 65,534 goals this season? F- off. <laughs> Correct. According to the SPFL website, which is using all their gathered data, that's how many goals Craig Halkett has scored. Which maybe they've listened to the podcast and tried to preempt that I've got Andrew Constantine scoring a hat trick every week. My other theory is that Hearts have been uh, putting the ball into an empty net at Tynecastle like, week after week, so that that way they've technically not finished bottom because they've they're up like sixty five. It's like when you. When you lose the game of Pro Evo and you just give up the controller and you look back and the opposition has <laughs> scored eight goals against you. Anyway, That's this is the final weekend for reasons that will become clear later um, in this podcast. Absolutely nothing changed in the top six apart from Livy being in fifth, which is nice for them. And in the bottom six, it's been quite, quite the week because Ross <laughs> County, sorry about this, Staggies, <laughs> are now in 12th. <laughs> 12th place, which is bottom, as you may recall, well, for now. Oh, no. And Hamilton have leapfrogged their way into ninth due to various results. So the results that happened this weekend, obviously, that didn't, what should have happened, was Celtic versus Rangers. That old chestnut. Oh, what's, what wow. happened there? Absolute boring draw. A draw? I think that's probably it was, was a draw. A, it was a stinker. And I've got a feeling... Rangers that, didn't get what they wanted. They didn't close the gap. They didn't do anything... And Celtic didn't really get anything out of it either. That's I, I can agree. I feel that's likely, uh, but you might not know. But Livy versus Motherwell, I mean, obviously that was a draw. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. natural. Now tough Aberdeen one. versus St Johnston, a tough one. They've kind of St Johnston. I think have had the upper hand this season. They seem to Aberdeen signed Matty Kennedy. He's not really done as not as much as he thought he might have done. But do you know what the score was in this one, Slavin? Was this the Was this the Matty Kennedy derby? It was, yeah. Mm. And how how did he affect that game? He was on the bench and it ended up being a draw. He should that's have right. Him. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Hearts v Hamilton. I mean, that's a bottom of the table clash between Hearts. I mean, but do you well, know what? What? Hearts won this game. You're right. They won it. 
They won it 65,534 <laughs> nil. Craig Halkett, what a player, Jeez. by the way. <laughs> it's going to do some damage to Hamilton's goal difference. But below that was Ross County versus Killy. And remember, Ross County are bottom, so you know they've lost this game. Yeah. But what was the score? It was it was nil-nil. Correct. You know. This is a weird section Alex we've done Dyer, again. Alex Dyer stopped winning games. In fact, did he ever win a game? In charge of that. <laughs> I cannot remember. There's not been many football. Sort of ironically, now that Alessio's gone, he went back to playing Catanaccio. He's trying to play this proper yeah. 1960s Inter Milan style tactics. Hasn't worked. <laughs> St. Mirren versus Hibs. St. Mirren got a good win. They did? That's. I'm very pleased to hear that. Who scored? Uh, <laughs> Name a St. Mirren player. Oh, that's really bad. <laughs> you caught me right off guard there. Danny Mullen. He scored the winner. And uh, St Mirren take <laughs> take the win off Hibs. That's good old dad brain there. I like that. I, I have a gun no to your head. Goal. Name one St Mirren player. I can't. Oh, Jim Guess Goodwin. Guess I'll die then. <laughs> so after all that, what we've learned is you cannot even rig the system to stop Celtic winning the league. That's but you can rig do. it to make Hamilton 10th. Correct. <laughs> so tune in next season for some actual football because we're not going to do this ever again. I'll tell you that for sure. But um, oh. we tried, we tried, and it, we had some laughs. We learned to love each other and to um, look for a brighter future. But before we end, it's a time for a not so retro fit, but. It's, it's not going to be too retro this week um, because we're heading back to eight months ago. and to When you didn't have a child. The, yeah, I know. But you knew about it because it takes nine months to cook a child in your belly. Um, <laughs> Just like some of the things coming out from presidents of certain countries might advise absolutely. that you do not cook your child. <laughs> but people say that in a loving way. Anyway, it is the last show from us for a little while, so we thought we'd make this last bit all about the season that actually was. JJ, to be clear, we don't. Yeah, so we, this is our last show, just for yeah, yeah, yeah until be, be the clear. football returns, yeah. and um, hopefully that isn't too far around the corner. So the season started, JJ. We've had eight months of it. What stood out for you um, as some of the some of the big moments? All of hearts. <laughs> they start yep. I echo this that. season they've signed 11 players not including Stephen Naismith I think uh, I might be exaggerating here but I think every member of their playing staff was injured for at least three months at one point <laughs> despite protests like I mean they're, they were terrible terrible to watch it was awful football we try and go into every game to win the game but unfortunately you know things are are just not going our way at, way at the moment and not for a, for a while you know and um, you know uh, they kept losing no real sign of progress Craig Levine cannot get fired so then he was fired sideways into a job as an advisor <laughs> uh, uh, no no he, he remained he remained in his role of director of football no, he's been put sideways as an advisor because Ambudge didn't want to get rid of him. So he's still floating around the corridors like a ghost in Harry Potter, <laughs> like spooking people. And you've got Austin McPhee got put into the be the manager, trying to basically get his uh, audition done. Didn't do it very well. Did he, uh, did he win many of his games? He started dressing for the job, though, do you remember? He was always in tracksuit. <laughs> and then when he got the Hearts job, he was always in the slickest suits. Well, you've always got to dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Which is why Craig Levine wears a white sheet as he walks around Tyne Castle. 
<laughs> boo. He doesn't even go like, woo. He goes, boo. To the managers. Daniel Stendel came in. He's going to bring a new a, a new modern style of of German, that kind of gig and pressing. It's all the, all the rise. All the rise? All the... What am I trying rage. to say? All the all rage. All the rage. There all you go. the rage. Uh, ah, he came in and did that. That was sounding like good fun for a while. He just like turfed out. Like Christoph Berra got put in the bin. It wasn't great for all concerned. And um, then they beat Rangers. And you thought, well, this is a, a turning of the tide. The tables have been like the tide turned. And then, then they haven't won anything. And they're still bottom. And then there's a pandemic. It's been one of the strangest seasons. But just before the pandemic, they beat Rangers again. That, that, <laughs> they beat them twice. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Another bizarre. thing I enjoyed this season was that Motherwell went from being hoofball, fridge freezer football, to being they played really nice possession based that was really pretty to watch. Yeah. Stephen Robinson's done a really good job with them. That's been really impressive. It looks it sounds quite a lot like he might be off to Northern Ireland soon. Yeah, um, there's a few well, there's a few people involved in Scottish football that could be could be involved. Uh, Austin McPhee being one potentially. Yeah, um, this is all speculation. But, I don't know anything, by the way. I don't know that he's going to Northern Ireland, but n- nor do I. Would you yeah. Would you say that Stephen Robinson should get the Manager of the Year? That's a great question, Andrew. But as you know, I've already well, selected Jim should. Goodwin <laughs> <laughs> from your not so good team of the season. I, th- I think Stephen Robinson would be a shoe in for it. I mean, the obvious the obvious choice would be Neil Lennon because they're top of the table with such a massive points gap. Um, I mean, I can't in terms of Gary like, like you described, like you've described it, changing the way Motherwell play, and I think everything that's happened at Motherwell, I wouldn't exactly put it firmly at Robinson's door, but there's mm. a lot of good things happening at the club, and he's just exemplifying that. I think it would be a good thing for him to have it. I think he's done very well for his career with Motherwell. I think now would be the time that you need to look at something else. Maybe I think Gary mm. Holt, what he's done is that's incredible on their tiny budget with that stadium with. You know, no one in it half the time. Uh, I think he's done an incredible job, and he'd be right there, really. But obviously, we know it's Jim Goodwin already. The mm. one person that wouldn't be would be Angelo Alessio, as we talked about. He got um, sacked after failing to learn English well enough. Sounds like that was um, a lot of the problem. I'd just like to throw in Christian Dodge into the hat of things that I've enjoyed this season. Purely uh-huh. because I made the prediction that he would score quite a few goals, and he scored quite a few goals. Purely because of my information of him playing at Forest Green Rovers and then him coming up to Scottish football. The former like Wales it. basketball player being an absolute goal machine, albeit half of his goals have been horrendous tap-ins. <laughs> but they <laughs> all came. Uh, one of the games that kind of summed up the entire season, I think, was um, the cup final Rangers and Celtic. Rangers dominate the game, completely yeah. had it, but couldn't get over the line. And uh, it's something that I mean, you can sort of see them spilling out into this whole SPFL reconstruction argument now and whether they give the title to Celtic or that. They're still not close enough to taking that title away from them. And it's such a difficult and, and, situation and for all much involved. As, it, was, it was that thing of the fact that Rangers were so on top of Celtic and then Celtic scored a goal where Christopher Julian's offside. <laughs> and, yeah, it's, they got, they got people managered. That's what happens. You got and football you, managers. You can't, you can't account for it. Yeah, 
It's getting gypped, like an online game of Prev or FIFA or something like that. So if we were to hand out a couple more awards, um, who would be your um, player of the season? Who would be your young player of the season? I'm, I'll start you off. I, I would I would absolutely give it to Odds on Edward because I think he's played brilliant football as well as being the top goal scorer in the division. Yeah, um, I just think... Just totally yeah. different level of footballer that I, I see at any other club. Um, Alfredo Morelos, you could say, is closer, but only by goals. I think Edward plays much better football. And young player, uh, could could say Aaron Hickey, could say Ali McCann at St Johnston, who I think yep. has been really, really exciting, and a total linchpin for them um, in how they've turned the season around. I think um, this could be predictable coming from me again, but I think Lewis Ferguson at Aberdeen has been um, phenomenal. They've not been as good this season, but uh, he basically carries that team and he's still only, what is he, 19, 20? I think you'd probably have to score goals though to, to get yourself in the in the award category and I don't think he's scored too many goals this season. No, but he's um, not that kind of a player. He doesn't need to score the goals. He just he just, just carries yeah, the team. He's basically picked up where Shinny left off. He's the one that tries to carry them. Really impressive from him. Uh, another player of the season, I'm trying to think of other guys that stood out for me this season. I mean, Constantine at Aberdeen, again, really stood out for me this season. I think Ryan Christie was amazing at the start of the season yeah and then injury took him out of it a bit and that was that was, was when we had we had a really good hope um for scotland because ryan christie was coming through and we had the likes of john mcginn um playing so well at aston villa and then we had we had rangers and celtic doing so well in europe we got a tweet in as well from andrew lang he said the highlights for him were the old firm performing so well in europe and for the oh yeah for the national team it has to be McGinn's six goals in three games that the so, old firm in Europe was genuinely uh, enjoyable. That, like that was that's yeah. what we needed is them to do well to try and help the coefficient. That that game that game at Ibrox, um the three two game against uh, Braga was unbelievable. It's Haji, it's deflected! That that Hadji free kick, then you just saw the stadium erupt. It was one of those. It was a it was a special night, and then getting into the last uh, sixteen was pretty special too. See, it's been a pretty good season. It has been. It's just a shame we can't weird. finish it the way we want to finish it. I mean, it looks like Celtic. I mean, Celtic with the Royal Rumble between all the managers. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that. <laughs> As much as it might have been quite an enjoyable season, there's still been the classic moments to forget for certain people, let's say, in the SPFL. Let's, how about the one where uh, James Keatings was sent off for Inverness Cali Thistle in the Tunnock's Canimal Wafer Cup and the review board not rescinding the red card when clearly there was such massive contact? I mean, it's one of the worst things to have happened in, in that. Like, it's awful. This was terrible. First of all, like the decision, I mean, people have to go back through and watch this. BBC's got a video of it if you just look for the James Keatings bit. But the, as we've talked about this before, it's clearly not a dive. He gets bodied out of the way. It's clearly a penalty. <laughs> then to get booked for that is bad in itself. The worst part is that the review not only misses that, but then they effectively admit that they couldn't be arsed watching it <laughs> later. And so they had to re 
watch it to establish that. Now, yeah, if that wasn't you, for the uproar, have you seen the statement, JJ? The statement, it, it, the statement from the SPFL said one panel member did not undertake their obligations with respect to the consideration of all the available evidence. That's just not acceptable. It's, I mean, it's, it's you just can't a bizarre statement. Yeah. So this, this boy wouldn't be able to play in the final of, of that uh, competition, <laughs> yeah. which in itself, it, which could impact the club, which could impact their future finances. Like so many butterfly effect things happen because of that. But if, if you imagine that this is the one example where they got called out by people like Gary Lineker and that, and they've had to admit, all mm. right, so one of our boys didn't watch it. The amount of times that might have happened before, where things weren't reviewed properly, it's they just had a bit of a bit of a bad time, really. Um, um, we should talk about someone who's uh, who's been done well though. St Mirren's Jane O'Toole, she uh, <laughs> dislocated her kneecap and then whacked it back into place before continuing to play. That's mental. Everyone was talking about that. Everyone that I spoke to at that time were just like, "Have you seen this?" <laughs> she, she definitely gets badass of the year award. I mean, that's absolute class. I'd be done. I, oh I mean, God, I'd be out of the game. I'd be gone. I'd be in the pub if I could. <laughs> um, what about what? Let's let's end it on on probably the best thing to happen, or maybe the worst thing to happen. Hamilton have tried to kind of keep spirits up during all of this, but they've created something where Brian Rice is singing Amarillo. They created something, and they did it in a laboratory with lightning. So that was Brian Rice singing uh, Show Me The Way To Amarillo. Isn't that good? Well, I just don't know why I didn't do Ice Ice Baby, Vanilla Ice. Because it's Brian... Oh, I see. Rice, right. There you go. Because, that. well, I mean, I think the idea was that you put... I mean, I like that they've done this, and it's nice that they're trying to put out some community content for Hamilton fans, but I just wonder whether there might be someone in that club in the media department, say, who was able to competently edit a video. <laughs> Indeed. Well... There you go. It's been a beautiful season. That's it from us for now. This is our last show before football starts. If the football starts, we're we on hiatus, back. so we don't know when that will be. Yeah. Thank you. Sad JJ. times, but it's, optimistic it's been, times. It's been now nice Slaven has more to time you. to hang out with little Molly, which I'm sure <laughs> agrees much Mr. better than watching Hamilton versus Kilmarnock or Brian Rice trying to sing. God bless him. A for effort. Uh, JJ, thanks for this season, man. Been really good. Especially, I do miss the studio yet. though. I do miss the studio. It's weird speaking to you over the internet. Yes. But let's say thanks to Little Kicks for their tunes. Uh, and thanks to all of you for listening to the show. So, But for now, that's it. It's goodbye. Uh, it's time let's for you to get some sleep. <laughs> oh my God. I am going to sleep until the football returns. So that's a good night for me. You've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football Network at The Totally Show on Twitter. And make sure you check out our brand new website too, thetotallyfootballshow.com. Hello listeners, I'm Caroline Barker, host of the Totally Football League Show. I'm joined each week by Sam Parkin. Say hello, Sam. Hi, Caroline. By Adrian Clark. Say hello, Adrian. Hello. 
and the Bolton Wanderers fan too. Not Adrian, but Joe Criddy. Looking forward to League Two. Yes. <laughs> Each week we go headfirst into the EFL to bring you the latest from the pitches to the next crisis to whatever Ian Holloway has said now. From Leeds to Luton, Sunderland to Plymouth, Swindon to Stevenage and everything in between. If it's the EFL you want, we've got you covered. Haven't we, Ollie? Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> Your guess is as good as ours. That's the Totally Football League show out every Wednesday. In the most delightful way. It's brilliant. I just love it. Muddy Knees Media.